Push Moment is a podcast series that brings you tips, tricks, insights, and interviews to help you gain clarity, overcome limiting beliefs, and take control of your life. All right, welcome, welcome. Today we have an amazing guest, and, and he's going to be talking to us about stress and anxiety, especially you know, when you're working um, remotely, when you're working from home. I want us to welcome Dr. Chris. Please just, you know, Dr. Chris, tell us, you know, just let's get to know you a bit about yourself, your journey and everything. Okay. Uh, my name is Chris Chupunye. I'm a public health practitioner and um, I'm also a U.S. certified. All right. Welcome. Welcome. Today we have an amazing guest and, and he's going to be talking to us about stress and anxiety, especially you know, when you're working um, remotely, when you're working from home. I want us to welcome Dr. Chris. Please just, you know, Dr. Chris, tell us, you know, just let's get to know you a bit about yourself, your journey and everything. Okay. Uh, my name is Chris Chupunye. I'm a public health practitioner and um, I'm also a U.S. certified mental health first aid practitioner um uh what else <laughs> yeah i'm into a lot of things uh, i'm into a lot of things i'm into public health programming implementation development you know um design programs and all of that um and i over time i'm into relationship coaching as well with my wife um so over time we began to find out that a lot a lot of things when it comes to relationships are connected to stress you know are connected to anxiety are connected to depression someone is going through you know a problem in their relationship you know it begins to stress them it begins to cause them anxiety begins to cause them depression and it begins to affect their mental health and so um I decided that you know what i think i need to know more about mental health you know not just reading and trying to prefer solution but become certified in it so um while in the u.s i got the opportunity to um register for a course it was a mental health first aid you know um, and it was really very good and that gave me the opportunity to be practicing you know um, in the U.S. So I can practice, certified to practice in the U.S. Uh, recently, I just got back. Uh, a lot of people don't know I'm back. <laughs> just my family and a few friends know that I'm back. In fact, social media does not know. And I don't no. plan to let them know until after I see my family. <laughs> yeah, you know, so that's probably going to be until the end of the month. You know. So, but, um, yeah, so I'm into relationship. I'm into public health. And... Um, yeah, I think that's. I'm married. I have three sons. Nice. And um, married to a very beautiful and strong woman. She's my superwoman. Um, her name is Shola. You know, so uh, together we've been. She's also a public health person. You know, so together we've been doing public health, doing um, relationship coaching and um, counseling and everything that we need to do. Um, yeah, I'm an author as well. I, I wrote four books with my wife, and then I wrote another five book alone. Five nice. Books so I want to be like you um, when I grow up. Ah, uh, you'll be boss now. <laughs> <laughs> Push up master. Ah, uh, we know what you're doing. <laughs> so yeah, so that's um that's um a little bit about me and the things that I do. 
right. Thank you for that. So I want to find out, right, what drives your passion? Like, I can see that you're someone that once you set your mind and say, you know what, I want to do this, you go ahead and do it. What drives your passion? Uh, for me, I, what drives me is to, is to see a better society, um, is to see lives improved, is to see a world that is better than the way I found it. You know, so that drives me every single day. And that's, that's why my motto is to influence cultures and transform societies. You know, that's, that's, that's what I think I live for in one sentence, to influence cultures and transform societies. And influencing cultures how, you know, has to do with influencing the way people think, influencing the belief and the values of people, which tends to define their way of life. And that way, when people begin to have an ideal mindset or, or the highest level of thinking, you know, I'll call it the 24 carats, you know, way of thinking, yeah. If they can actually have the highest way of thinking and express the highest values, um, it will lead to a transformed society. You know, for instance, um, someone who decides to break traffic laws or traffic rules, um, there's something wrong with that way of thinking. You know, um, but then if so, that kind of person would have a change in mindset or have a change in values and decide to obey traffic rules because of the things that he or she has been taught about the importance and the benefits of obeying traffic rules. It means that we have a sinner society. We have a society where you have less, um, less um, uh, what do you call it, accidents. You have a society where you have, you know, um, less traffic in the society, you know. So um, cars don't be able to move well People will have less, less accidents, there'll be less fighting and all of that. So it translates from just how someone thinks into how they express the way they think and how it can also lead to a transformed society, a more orderly society, a better society, a society that is driven by the right kind of values in every sector, you know. So personally for me, um, I try to focus that in relationships in marriages, you know, and also in the health sector as well. Okay, awesome. so that's what that's what drives me. You know, <laughs> that's amazing. I want to find out, right? Before we even go into the meat of what we're talking about today, yeah, was there? Did you when you started so you know relationship coaching mm-hmm. with your wife? Yeah, did you start it together, or was it she? Did she start it, or did you start? It? And why I'm asking this is because. So my wife and I are both coaches, right? Yeah. We haven't come together to say we're going to do relationship coaching yet, but yeah. I see that in our future because we, we have those kind of conversations where we talk about, you know, parenting styles and all that. So she deals with parenting a lot and I try to, you know, help people improve their mindset. So who started it and did it, or did you guys start it together? Okay, uh, so... For me, um, I would say the relationship thing chose me um, in the sense that I had started doing this for a long time. You know, from when I was in secondary school, I had started this relationship thing. I was the kind of person my classmates and the people around would always come to me naturally to say, I like this girl, what do I do? You know, um, that was in senior secondary school. And 
I would naturally say, okay, just give me some time. We'll find a way or figure out a way to get her. First, for those of them who don't have, of course, you know, in, in, in secondary school, you always have people who, who don't have that much confidence. There's always that shyness, you know, um, that is, that is, that always follows a, a lot of us, except for a few people who are already bold, you know, yeah. but, um, so for some people, I'll work with them to deal with their confidence level and see how they can approach the person. For if it's a lady, I'll work with them to see how they can show green lights that would help the guy recognize that, okay, this lady <laughs> likes me. And for some people, what I used to do then also would be to study the person, just give time to study the person, know where they used to go during break, know what they used to do, know what they like doing, know where they always like to sit, you know. Um, and especially for like, in, for those of them for in secondary school, they already have permanent seats, so that's fine. You know, but for when I started going for tutorial classes in the evenings, later in the day, you find out that you can sit anywhere. Yes. Yeah. It's when you come, you sit. But there was, there were some of them who liked to sit at a particular place, especially when they come early. So we studied to find that, okay, if this person always sits here, you should try as much as you can to share a seat with this person at least for three days and see how you can build friendship and see what you can do. Wow. So, you know, that for me just came naturally. I wasn't reading it from any book or anything. It just came to me. It was just something that, you know, I just felt chose me. But then as I got into the university, I began to read and study. I found that, okay, this is something I have some natural gifting for. It's important to develop it and be more professional. So in university, I started becoming a lot more professional about it, but I didn't take it out on social media. It wasn't public. It was just a private thing. People who knew me could invite me to fellowship to speak about it, you know, so I could talk about relationships and school fellowships and university and all. But I still did not go public until six weeks to my wedding. Wow. Yeah. So I somehow, there was this inner, inner instruction, you know, to just relax. Don't talk about it while you're still single. Just leave it until when you're ready to get married. You know, so um, so for me, that's how it was. I didn't talk about it. I was like, okay, because I felt that if I started talking about relationships, I'm talking about how, you know, you have to treat a lady, blah, blah, blah. Some, some people would say, ah, this guy is a nice guy. This guy yes. loves me. Yes. The traffic would be a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I just chilled. I didn't talk about it. You know, but while I was doing that, I met my wife. Um, so I found out that she, on her own part, was also doing something like that. She was always that person that people would naturally come to for counseling. And she could provide that sound wisdom, you know, about things like that. So, um, yeah, so when I now decided to go into it, six weeks to my wedding, um, she was then we were already engaged. So she was the one that was editing most of the, in fact, all of the things I was posting, she was the one that was editing it. So we started talking about it. And that was how, you know, we just naturally flowed into, we didn't say that we we're going to start this together, but she always insisted on working on whatever it is I write or my thoughts and everything. So as we began to talk and write about it, that was how we began to have conversations, you know. So for every post, we always have conversations around it. 
And that was how we just naturally began to talk about it. So whenever there is a feminine perspective to things, I always ask her. You know, whenever there's a male perspective to things, we, I know I share it with her. And then when we have people that I feel I shouldn't counsel or I shouldn't spend a lot of time with, mm. or I think this person needs a feminine perspective to this, um, this problem, I just direct them to her. You know, so that way we just naturally began to do things together. <laughs> you know, as we began to build the brand, it was just the two of it was just naturally the two of us. So we couldn't separate you know, each other to say, okay, this is what, you know, we have to do. But then there were times when I had time to write, write books together. There were also times when I had to write alone because my wife is not a social media, social media person. So sometimes I am the one who is out there. Out there. Up front. Yeah. So she's the one behind to always provide that support. But you, my wife may post, do one post. My wife has not done a post in, in <laughs> I think in a year plus, wow. you know, just maybe on Father's Day, she'll just make that post. Happy birthday, she'll make that post. Those are the times she has made posts on Facebook. In fact, in the past two years, you know, those are the, the anything you see on her timeline is me tagging her and uh. then it appears on her timeline. So it's just like naturally. So, but then my wife is not a social media person. So that's how you probably will not see her out there all the time. Yeah. So, but well, she's behind the scene, always, always, you know, making sure that things go well and making sure that we put out the right thoughts. Sometimes I may write something and I may be even exaggerating a little bit. She will say, this is not exactly how, exactly it, how is. it is. <laughs> you know, so um, so we provide that balance for each other. And, and it's, been, it's been great, you know, working with her as a teammate. You wow, know, that's... To do what we do. That's amazing. As in, I'm, I'm learning so much. In fact, I, you know what? Honestly, I feel like let's even the, the discussion that we wanted to discuss. Let's, let's you know, cancel it. Let's wait. Let's just start generally. Yeah. But you, know, but you know, the thing is, um, I know that definitely we'll still have more discussions because as I believe that, you know, there's, there's something there and we'll explore this more. So I and you know I wish you guys the best of luck and we we also will be you know, you. looking up to you guys as mentors and and see how we can actually <laughs> together. So let's let's come back to, to what we're talking about today, right? Um, you know, stress, anxiety. Yeah. Now COVID nineteen hit us, right? And it affected people in different ways. You know, um, some people were very anxious about it. Some people didn't even know how to you know, express their anxiety, you know? What do you think are the major causes of stress and anxiety, especially in this kind of um, scenario? Yeah, um, so, you know, <laughs> there are lots of things that can actually cause stress and anxiety this period. Um, first of all, the fact that you think that you probably may even get infected with COVID-19 itself can actually begin to cause certain stress and certain fear in you because anxiety most of the times in fact 90 percent of the time is triggered by fear and fear is triggered by thought processes you know so um for me to just think that hmm, there's a possibility that this man that sneezed around me just now may just give me COVID 19 you can begin to make me begin to think and begin to expand that thought and it begins to stress me out. It begins to make me feel anxious to say I may die very soon. 
not just even being sick. I may begin to feel some shortness of breath. I may lose my taste of smell. I may be, and if maybe my temperature is a little bit hot, I begin to say, it looks like it's fever, it's COVID-19 fever. You know, so that in itself can cause, you know, stress and anxiety. Um, another thing that can cause stress and anxiety is working from home. You know, a lot of people have not done this before. They don't know yeah. home. They don't know the dynamics of working from home. It's not just about sitting on the bed and working from the bed, you know, that's the working from home, you know. So um, a lot of people are trying to figure out how to work from home. They had to be forced to start using technology. For those people who are not really familiar with using technology, some organizations are coming up with new softwares, apps, platforms on how to effectively work from home. And everybody had to learn, you know, what to do. You know, trainings are coming up. So it looks like you're starting to afresh. work afresh, you know, to work in a different way. And that is stressing a lot of people because for those who are slow to learn, Time is not waiting for you. You still need to produce the same results you're producing and even more. And your supervisors are giving timelines, are giving deadlines, and you have to do this. They're assuming that as long as you've been taught or there's a training that has gone forth, you should be able to be able to do the work. So that period of trying to figure out how to use this app, use this platform, and then produce the result that you are supposed to produce can stress you out. You know, and for people who have families, who have kids, you have, your kids are at home. They are not in school. If they're in school, it would have been different. They're at home. So you have to juggle taking care of your family. For, the, for women who work, they have to take care of their husbands as well. Provide food, take care of the kids, and make sure that they don't disturb you when you're working. <laughs> you know, so kids don't understand that you're working from home. So they will always run to you, daddy, I need this, mommy, I need that. And because you're home, you're home. So you have to take care of them. So trying to balance home, balance family, balance work is a lot compared to even the work stress, you know, itself. Yeah. So a lot of people are having that anxiety. A lot of people are having those, this, um, that stress. Another thing is also the fact that people have been laid off work. So um, you've been laid off work, you don't have another source of income, you have to take care of your family. And this taking care of your family means that you have to keep stocking the house because some, for some people they don't want to go out, so there's a lockdown. So they have to keep stocking the house. You have to keep spending money. So even if money is not coming, you have to keep spending money. You know, so that in itself can cost you a lot of stress. For people who have bills to pay, who have mortgages to pay, you know, they are scared of losing their homes, they are scared of losing their cars, you know, because their source of income has stopped and they still need to pay these mortgages. The good thing is in some countries you have, you know, organizations that have said, okay, you know what, just chill, relax, you know, for the mortgage thing until when you get a new job or until when the lockdown or the COVID-19 thing eases off. You know, so these are some things that can cause anxiety, you can cause stress. There's also this part of people who, are, who have chronic diseases and they are said to be more at risk of contracting COVID-19. You know, so people who have hypertension, people who have cancer, people who have diabetes, you know, are, these are chronic diseases. And because of that, their immune system is weak 
So they are called immunocompromised or immunosuppressed population. So that in itself can cause people to begin to panic because if you feel like you are part of that population that is likely to or at higher risk as compared to someone who is not at higher risk, you begin to have that panic, you begin to have stress. You, do, you wouldn't want to go to the supermarket, you wouldn't want to go out because you think and you want to take extra precaution. So that in itself can cause stress. Um, another set of people would be older people. So they said for people who are older can also are at a higher risk because of their age, they are immunocompromised as well. You know, so this population can also be feeling a lot of stress or feeling anxiety. So these are some of the things that can actually cause, you know, trigger thoughts that can begin to cause that fear, begin to cause that worry, that unease, you know, that apprehension, because these are feelings, you know, that can cause anxiety. Okay, thank you. So from what you said, right, and what I've gathered is most times stress comes from our thought process, how we are able to, the lens through which we view life. And so, exactly. so what I want to now find out is, so for example, like I like the example you use where they have to take care of their kids and then when they now want to work, the kids are coming. Mm. Now, for some people, it might be stressful, the fact that the kids are coming to join them, maybe they are, if they are in, the, in a Zoom call or something. But yeah. there are some people that their kids coming, it's not stressful. I remember one, um, there, was a, there was a video that was going viral about a guy that was on a, a national television. He was, yeah. he was being, uh, he was being uh, interviewed and his kids came running in. And you know, yeah. as he just turned, he just continued what he was doing. That's stress. Yeah. So is it, is it, does it have to do with our, maybe is a setting how we are made up or is it just how we are able to reframe our mind? What do you think? Yeah, so it, it has, um, so first let me start with the fact that, um, for stress could, would not necessarily be the kids coming you know, to when you're working and all of that. Um, it, it could just be the fact that you are doing a lot and it's accumulating over a period mm. of time. You know, so at the beginning, you may be excited that you have your kids with you at home, you have, to, you, need to, you have to spend more time with them and all of that. But when there's a work piling and then you have to take care of the kids, as against before, you can take them to school and between 8, p, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. or so, or till when you come back from work, there's probably the teachers that will take care of them or you take them to a daycare. There are people who will take care of them. When you get home, there's a, a house help who will take care of them until you come back in the evening. So you just literally have to just focus on work alone. But even though you still have to watch, you know, call them to know how they're doing and all of that, but you're focusing on work. So when you come back, it's just to deal with dinner and deal with their homework and you're fine. Deal with your spouse and you're okay. But this time around, you're doing breakfast, you're doing lunch, you're doing dinner, <laughs> you know, you're doing bathing them, you know, you're doing every single thing. So, and then the work pressure is there. So sometimes it's about, you know, the accumulation. First one month will be great. But second month, third month, fourth month, you begin to feel that there is an accumulation. And if you don't find ways of consistently easing off those stress, 
you don't find ways of consistently ensuring that the anxiety is not there, you're reducing it. Once it keeps accumulating and building up, it begins to affect every other area of your life. It begins to affect how you deal with work, how you deal with your kids, it begins to bring problems in your relationship. And you now begin to now see that, okay, it looks like this is a lot. You know, so looking at it from that perspective, you may be excited at the beginning, but if you don't have ways, for some people, they are not conscious of the fact that they are actually easing of the stress, but somehow they are doing things that are helping them ease of the stress. So um, that's one of the ways to look at it. And then another way could be that um, these people have been able to figure out how to balance, balance it. You know, so they've been able to figure out, you know what, husband or wife, this is what you can do. Let me bathe the kids while you prepare food. Um, so when you do that, we have been able to, have been able to you know, break down the work. So in the afternoon, please try and put them to sleep. Or let's have schedule different working hours, especially for the times when we don't have calls, specific times for calls or work calls, because everybody now is doing work calls, checking yeah. in and all of that and meetings. So for the times when you don't have work calls, you can take care of the kids. Make sure they have their nap you know, that way. And then if we create an office space, we can have do not enter or you lock the door, you know, that kind of thing. So somehow people have been able to figure out how to go about easing up the stress, working together as a team and ensuring that they just gradually, gradually see how they can ensure that they are not totally stressed. You know, so um, that's one thing. Another thing is the mindset, the way people think. Um, people see things differently. Like you said, the lens through which we see things affect a lot of things. You know, so when you ask, when you have a lot of work stress or you have timeline, for some people, they begin to panic. Mm. Oh, this timeline, I don't want to fail my boss. I don't want to, you know, send something that will make me feel incompetent. Already they are building pressure and stress around themselves. But then there are some people who think that, okay, this is work. I have to give my best. But then I'll take it easy. I'll take it slow. I'll work the way I need to work, do all my research, and I'll give the best. And I don't have to bother about what the other person thinks. You know, because there are some people who have what you call society um, anxiety disorder. They think about, they begin to worry or have anxiety about what other people think, how the society will judge them, how other people will judge them. You know, so that's a, an aspect or a type of anxiety disorder that people would you know, people naturally would have you know so if if that you are that, that, that kind of person it means that you probably will begin to think okay how my boss see this work and all of that so people begin to stress themselves even when they are not supposed to so that way it begins to affect them you know and then and there are people who they just have a good sense of humor they see life from a very simple JJ perspective. They are not stressed. They are calm. You know, they just know that they are going to deliver on this job. It's okay. We are fine. We just do our best. You know, so if there is a situation, they have a way of seeing it from a humorous perspective. They laugh about it. They smile about it. It makes life easy for them. They just keep going. You know, so it also boils down to, to the way of thinking, the way, the lens through which you see life see events, see circumstances, see people, you know, so if you have that perspective, a perspective that see things positively, 
that is optimistic about issues, then there's that likelihood that you would rise above certain levels or certain triggers of stress and you'll be fine. You know, but then if you have that pessimistic perspective, you have that negative way of seeing things, you're not happy about things, you're not smiling, you're not seeing a humor part of things, it would also contribute to the stress level. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And you know, when you were talking, I remember two incidences that happened during this lockdown. Uh, so the first one was, I always go, I always love running in the morning. That's my own way of distressing myself. But then I realized that every morning when I wake up to go running, one of the twins will be awake. And once one of them is awake, my wife will be like, no, please, can you just stay and just, you know, help out? And so first day I didn't run. Second day, you know, like a week. I was like, ah, this thing was beginning to agitate me. So I said, you know what? Instead of going out for a run, what? let me do something. So I'll, the one that is awake, I'll carry that one. Go to, just go outside my house, just in my compound. And I'll just be pacing from one end of the wall to the other. And I'll have my phone and I'll put it on, you know, the Nike running app. And I, I noticed that, you know, first day I was able to do two kilometers of pacing in 30 minutes. I was like, okay, you know what? This is, this can just become my new normal. Here's yeah. the funny thing. I came back to Abuja yesterday, right? And so my wife now sent me a message this morning and she says that, look, one of the things we woke up this morning, I was saying, Abba, Abba, Abba. <laughs> she was like, look, your dad is not here. There's no work for you. I'm not, I don't have that energy, you know? Yeah. And so I, I, I realized that, okay, so when I was able to reframe my mind, you know, I was able to now, you know, not be too stressed. But here's yeah. the thing. What if you don't know you are stressed? Mm. I think there are people that don't even know that they are stressed. They just... Yeah. So how can you identify if you are stressed? What are the quick ways that we can quickly understand that we are stressed? Yeah, so um, there are a couple of things. Sorry, just one minute. Sure. Yeah, so there are a couple of things that, you know, you can use to identify that you're stressed. First of all, I think the first thing would be for people to be self-aware. Mm. You know, and that's actually why a lot of people do not know that they are stressed because they are not self-aware. They are not in tune or in line with the way they think or with their thought process. And they're not in tune with how they feel. You know, so because they are not at that place where they can actually identify their thinking or their thought pattern at that point or how they feel, they don't know that they are stressed. They are always active. There's no time to just stay still, to just keep calm and just think and breathe and just be aware of yourself and your environment and your body. So um, stress is just the body's natural response, you know, or anxiety is the body's natural response to stress. So you begin to feel anxious because your body is just naturally responding to accumulated stress. So, and it can come with tiredness. It can come with easy irritation. It can come with some level of fear, you know, some level of anxiousness, some level of um, nervousness, unease, you know, um, worry, you know. So these are some things that, you know, come along with that feeling. So when my body is tired, when my body is feeling so fatigued, when I'm feeling pains all over my body, you know, when I'm feeling like I'm on ease, I'm restless, 
you know, sometimes even the way I breathe is not, I'm not breathing well because I'm always active and, you know, high spirit. So there's that increase in breathing. And sometimes I even feel like I'm, you know, I feel some panic at some point. My heart rate is increasing at some, you know, at different times. I sometimes feel night, have nightmares, mm. you know. My thought process is not, is not peaceful, you know. I'm just having that sometimes it's even some level of pain, painful thoughts, you know. So it, it boils down to just having to sit down and just breathe and begin to just be in line with how I feel. I begin to ask myself, how do I feel? Not just, okay, my body is aching, I feel tired, I just carry paracetamol and drink. And then I start up tomorrow morning, you know, because I took a painkiller, I feel a little bit better, I think I'm okay. You know, but stress is a mental, more of a mental thing that reflects on the body. So that's why the thought process is important. That's why the way your mind works is important. So you have to just calm down think, breathe, and begin to ask yourself, how do I feel? How do I, you know, there was this course that I did. Um, it was also um, a course I did while I was in the U.S. Is it was called, it's, a mind, it's called mindfulness. You know, so um, I just had to do it to become a mindfulness coach. But I just think it's just part of the tools I need yeah. for my relationship. Thing. So I wouldn't want to call myself a mindfulness coach cool. you know, in that yeah. sense. So. Um, but I just did the course to be able to help me, you know, still work with the mental health thing and see how I can help people. So it's just to be able to align your spirit, your soul, and your body, you know, to come to that place of self-awareness, to come to that place of understanding how exactly you think and how you're feeling your time. You know, so if at the end of every day you just calm down and you begin to ask yourself, how do I feel? So you begin to see if you're actually feeling fear, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling worry, if you're having some level of unease or nervousness around you. You know, that way you can begin, or you're having that panic or something, or your body is tired, you're feeling, you know, weak or fatigue or something, or pain, you know, or headache, you know. So those are things that can point to the fact that it looks like you're stressed and you need to do something about it. Thank you. I, and I also, to, to, I think to add to that, I think, because this happened to me, if you are wandering through life mindlessly, it might be an indication of stress. Something happened um, during this COVID lockdown, right? I noticed that every night when everybody has gone to bed, I'll sit down in front of the TV, play the TV, and I'm just watching. And I'm not normally a movie person. Right, yeah. like on TV, but you know, I I love love going to the cinema and all that. But I'll just be watching, and it's movies that I've watched before. So one day, my wife now asked me, "Why do you always stay late watching movies?" Yeah. I was like, "I don't know." But then I thought about it. I was like, "Wait, I think that because everything is out of my control, yeah. I'm trying to create a space where I can control. At least let me be able to control one thing in my life." Because yeah. I can't control the times I have my meetings because they are, they are set up by, you know, my bosses and all that. I can't control when the babies wake up because they wake up whenever they feel like. I can't control when they will cry. I can't control anything, right? So I'm like, so I now started thinking to myself that, okay, this is my own way of just, let me have two hours that I know that is me that controlled it. So the final question I'll ask, and, you know, where we wrap up so that we don't take too much of your time is, 
yeah, sorry. Let me just um, make a few okay. comments yeah. based on that stress part um, that you just talk, we just talked about. You know, when stress begins to happen on the body, it begins to reduce the immune. It begins to weaken the immune system. Mm. Um, because it begins to weaken the immune system, it makes you prone to diseases. Mm. You know, so for some people who are stressed. You know, they begin to have those aches and pains, which are actually normal. You know, sometimes diarrhea will come in, constipation will come mm. in, nausea will come in, dizziness will come in, chest pain, you know, um, rapid heart rate will come in, um, loss of appetite sometimes, loss of sex drive. You know, you find out that some people, once they do all the stress for the whole day and then they come back and land on the bed, they just want to sleep. If you're talking about sex, they don't, they're not interested in it. You know, so a lot of stress and that's why in marriages stress is one major problem because it begins to cause it begins to affect your sex drive it begins to make you emotionally irrational you know and it begins to affect how you relate with your spouse sometimes it could be you know that frequent cold or flu that will just begin to come so sometimes it's to begin to look at these things and say okay it looks like this whole consistent cold, flu, headache, pain, blah, blah, blah. There's a result of the fact that it looks like my immune system is being affected. Yeah. It is getting weak. And it's, so I need to work on that. You know, and also some emotional and, you know, psychological symptoms or things that are related to stress. You could look at depression and anxiety. These are things that come with stress. You know, you feeling overwhelmed you know, um, just overwhelmed, unmotivated, unfocused, like you said, wandering around, you know, so these are some things that you can look, begin to look at to say, okay, it looks like psychologically and emotionally, these are some signs that are tied to me being stressed, you know, your troubles, have, you have, having trouble sleeping, you know, you just cannot sleep well, mm. unlike other people, they just go to bed and sleep, or you, you can't sleep, you're restless, you know, um, you're having problems trying to concentrate, you know, that memory loss is there. So those are things I would begin. So you, someone, someone was asking you, where did we keep this thing? I said, ah, ah wait, 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 wait. I can't wait. even remember. Yeah. You know, um, maybe your spouse had told you, babe, would you please try and, you know, throw away the trash? So okay, babe, I'll do that. And then you forget. You know, you say, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what happened. I just feel overwhelmed. And I just somehow just, just didn't remember. You know, sometimes it could just make you begin to make bad decisions. You just begin to even respond irrationally to your spouse and everything. When you begin to have those tension, mm. you know that, okay, you're stressed. So you need to just take a look at it and see how you can sort out that problem. Okay. Yeah, that so, was what I wanted to add to. All right. Thank you. This, <laughs> what you just added is pure gold, right? So to, to wrap it up, yeah. we, we, you know, we've talked about how we can identify stress now what can we do to either yeah. overcome it when we've when we've already allowed already allowed the stress to come in and also what can we do yeah. to avoid it okay so um also looking at the this covid 19 period is a period where a lot of things are you know trigger stress and trigger anxiety but important that we need to do we need to be deliberate about reducing our stress level, reducing our anxiety level. And would be to make sure that you seek for help if you think that you need help. Mm. 
in a lot of people do not see the place of a therapist. A lot of people do not see the place of a mental health practitioner or something. So, you know, but it's important that if you think that you're really overwhelmed, because a lot of times what a therapist or what a mental health practitioner would do for you would direct you back to that original state where you need to be. And what they do is that they help, they help you go through the process not just tell you do this, do that, do this, but help you identify the cause and see how they can work with you to reduce that level of stress and avoid those things that trigger it. So it's important that um, if you need to see a therapist, especially for people who have, who it has become a disorder for, you know, you begin to have this anxiety and stress for over six months, you know, mm-hmm. and it's there and it's affecting every other thing that has to do with your life and all of that. It's affecting your relationship, it's affecting your career, your job. You need to see a therapist and you need to see someone who can, you can talk to that would help you to, you know, rise above it and come out of it. Um, the next thing would be to exercise. Regular exercise is very important. Exercise helps to build your immune system. Exercise helps to reduce your stress level. So it's important that people begin to take exercise very, very seriously. You know, um, in this part of the world, there are just very few people who actually really do take exercise seriously. You know, things as simple as taking a walk. You don't have to do the heavy liftings, you know. Mm. You you don't have to do 150 push-ups a day, unlike you guys that would do so many, (laughs) you know. (laughs) But for for people who are just starting, you know, just a few push-ups are fine. It helps to increase your heart rate. You know, try as much as you can to take walks. Just go on the internet. There are apps that would help you do simple exercise. You know, so start from there. And then for those who would do heavy liftings, do heavy liftings. Um, it just helps you. It, 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 apart from the fact that it helps to build your immune system, it helps even when you are old because it helps to build a strong body frame. When you are 70, 80, 90, you're not bending because okay, you have a already... muscular body frame. You have, you've already built, you know, a skeletal system that is straight and not just something that is bent. So it's important for people to understand that. Um, the third thing would be to practice breathing exercises and also practicing mindfulness. You know, that's really very critical. Breathing exercise, just take time, sit on your own, have a quiet place. You can be playing, you know, very nice meditative music, but then you're breathing in and out. As you're breathing in and out, you're focusing on your breathing. You know, you're not trying to think of anything. At the beginning, you may be distracted, but if you give it time, begin to think of, you know, just focus on your breathing. You begin to feel yourself and feel you know, how you breathe and the rhythm of your breath and everything. And you can just sit down there and begin to have a positive mental meditation, you know, and just begin to focus on the right things and begin to think of the right things. That way it helps you relieve stress. You find out that your body stress level, how your pressure will just begin to come down. If you begin to do that regularly every day as a practice, it helps to reduce you know, your stress level. And right now, people are getting unemployed. People are, in fact, at the beginning of the COVID-19, I always, always go to my app to check the statistics, you know. Um, (laughs) And that in itself is stressful. 
Yeah. You watch CNN, CNN begins to give you regular, and you know with CNN, they will give you the same news over and over, over, and, over and over, over and over, until it becomes a part of your subconscious mind. And that's where they are driving at. When they begin to give you images and give you pictures and give you news that gets to settle your subconscious mind, you will begin to think it when you're not thinking it. Wow. So it goes to your subconscious mind. It begins to become a part of, of your programming. Your, your programming. So it's no longer something that you are consciously thinking about, but something you are not consciously thinking about. So it begins to form your belief, your values, because there are thoughts that have been established in your mind. Because there are thoughts that have been established in your mind, they begin to determine how your body naturally responds to things. So wow. stress and fear begins to become part of the programming. Because you're thinking the number is increasing. Like when I was in the US, it's like 2 million. In Nigeria, it's like 20 something thousand. You know, the number of deaths is increasing. You're saying, okay, wow, 2 million people. Mm -hmm. In the state where you are, it's about 120,000 people. You're like, there's a possibility that the next person, my neighbor, no. in fact, my neighbor upstairs had COVID 19. Wow. Just my neighbor upstairs. So it's real. I, I know of you know, a senior friend who had COVID 19. You know, she called and she was saying, just pray for me. Every day I will call to find out how she was doing. So this thing is real. <laughs> it's not like it's, you know, so when you have those kind of things and you're watching the news every day, they're bombarding you with all this information. There are apps that give you live, you know, um, st statistics and updates. You can begin to feel stressed about it. So stay away from the news. For me right now, I don't go looking for the numbers, except I have maybe a speaking session like this, or I have to write something. I just go and research to find out what it is, what is current, you know, and then I can put it out there. So for me, it's important that you reduce that level of information that you keep having in your mind. Um, reduce how much you spend in public places. That's really very critical because that in itself would reduce the level of worry and anxiety you have. Wow to begin to think that, okay, this person I touched, this person that coughed, this person that sneezed, this person that came close to me, this person that was talking loud and talking on my face, you know, we probably have COVID-19. So I have to wait for another 14 days to be sure that I don't develop symptoms. You know, that in itself, that next 14 days would probably increase your level of anxiety and your level of stress because you're thinking, man, I may have been exposed one way or the other. So avoid going to public places, Avoid going to, even if, yes, church is a place where, you know, we, for this period, we need the church or we need the mosque. We need a faith-based organization to help strengthen our faith and help us, you know, just stay strong this period. But then at the same time, you don't want to expose yourself. So mm -hmm. if you think that going to church would jeopardize your chances or, or increase your chances of getting COVID-19, please stay at home. You know, so it's important that you limit the level of the places that you go to. And then um, working from home, people are still struggling. So if you need to get to do a course, you need to reach out to someone to help you, you know, to be able to be conversant with all you need to be more effective. That will reduce the stress level that is accumulating, you know, for you. And that way, um, you'll, be, you'll be fine. And then also try to talk to someone, talk to friends, call friends. If you feel that um, there's a need for you to talk to somebody, try to call your friends, call family, call somebody, call a coach, call a mentor, just 
talk. Sometimes what we need is just to talk and ease off that stress and say, this is how I feel. I don't know what's going on. I just think I, I'm overwhelmed and I just need to talk to someone. Sometimes only talking. They don't need to advise you. They just need to hear you and you'll feel better. You know, so those are some things that one can actually do to reduce that level of stress and anxiety this period. All right. Thank you very much. I mean, you've really blessed us with your time and your words of wisdom. So just, you know, before we, we, we go, how can people reach out to you? So, you know, um, if people want to connect with you, because I'm sure after anybody after listening to this would definitely want to follow your body of work and also maybe even get some of your books. So how can they connect with you? Okay, so you can connect with me. Right now I'm restructuring my website, okay. um, 24caratsmarriage.org. So um, very soon it would, it would come up. But then you can reach me on social media, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Chris Inspire, at Chris Inspire. So um, Facebook would be facebook.com slash slash Chris Inspire. You look for me and say, yeah. Uh, my name on social media is Chris Chukunye, and that's what is showing on my uh, my Zoom, um, Chris Chukunye. So if you also type that, you're going to see me on Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter. You know, but then the the, um, the handle is at Chris Inspire. Um, if you go to Amazon, you can see my books. Just type my name, Chris Chukunye. Um, you see my book, you type my name on Google, you probably will see some of them as well on Amazon. You know, so um, yeah, that's a way to, to connect with me. I'm always, always open to making new friends, meeting new people, helping as many people as I can. All right. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. And we really look forward to, you know, you coming back and really going deep into, you know, the relationship aspect of it i mean it's like yeah. we have so much to talk about so i There's know that definitely yeah <laughs> i know that definitely you still come back some other day you know yeah. for us to talk so thank yeah. you very much and thank you, my do take care Great mental health first aid practitioner um uh what else <laughs> yeah i'm into a lot of things uh, i'm into a lot of things i'm into public health programming implementation development you know um, design programs and all of that. Um, and I, over time, I'm into relationship coaching as well with my wife. Um, so over time, we began to find out that a lot, a lot of things when it comes to relationships are connected to stress, you know, are connected to anxiety, are connected to depression. Someone is going through, you know, a problem in their relationship, you know, it begins to stress them, it begins to cause them anxiety, it begins to cause them depression, and it begins to affect their mental health. And so um, I decided that, you know what, I think I need to know more about mental health, you know, not just reading and trying to prefer solution, but become certified in it. So um, while in the US, I got the opportunity to, um, register for a course. It was a mental health first aid, you know, um, and it was really very good. And that gave me the opportunity to be practicing, you know, um, in the US. So I can practice, certified to practice in the US. Uh, recently, I just got back. Uh, a lot of people don't know I'm back. <laughs> just my family and a few friends know that I'm back. In fact, social media does not know. And I don't no. plan to let them know until after I see my family. <laughs> yeah, you know, so that's probably going to be until the end of the month. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, so I'm into relationship. I'm into public health. 
and um, yeah, I think that's I'm married. I have three sons. Nice. And um, married to a very beautiful and strong woman. She's my superwoman. Um, her name is Shola. You know, so uh, together we've been. She's also a public health person. You know, so together we've been doing public health, doing um, relationship coaching and um, counseling and everything that we need to do. Um, yeah, I'm an author as well. I, I wrote four books with my wife and then I wrote another five book alone. Five nice. Books alone. So, I want to be like you um, when I grow up. Ah, uh, you'll be boss now. <laughs> <laughs> Push up master. Uh, we know what you're doing. <laughs> so yeah, so that's, um, that's um, a little bit about me and the things that I do. All right. Thank you for that. So I want to find out, right, what drives your passion? Like, I can see that you're someone that once you set your mind, I say, you know what, I want to do this. You go ahead and do it. What drives your passion? Uh, for me, I, what drives me is to, is to see a better society, um, is to see lives improved, is to see a world that is better than the way I found it, you know. So that drives me every single day, and that's that's why my motto is to influence cultures and transform societies. You know, that's 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 what I think I live for in one sentence: to influence cultures and transform societies. And influencing cultures, how you know, has to do with influencing the way people think, influencing the belief and the values of people, which tends to define their way of life. And that way, when people begin to have an ideal mindset or, or the highest level of thinking, you know, I'll call it the 24 carats, you know, way of thinking. Yeah. If they can actually have the highest way of thinking and express the highest values, um, it will lead to a transformed society. You know, for instance, um, someone who decides to break traffic laws or traffic rules, um, there's something wrong with that way of thinking, you know. Um, but then if so, that kind of person would have a change in mindset or have a change in values and decide to obey traffic rules because of the things that he or she has been taught about the importance and the benefits of obeying traffic rules, it means that we have a senior society. We have a society where you have less, um, less um, uh, what do you call it, accidents. You have a society where you have, you know, um, less traffic in the society, you know, so um, cars don't be able to move well, people will have less, less accidents, there'll be less fighting and all of that. So it translates from just how someone thinks into how they express the way they think and how it can also lead to a transformed society, a more orderly society, a better society, a society that is driven by the right kind of values in every sector. You know, so personally for me, um, I try to focus that in relationships, in marriages, you know, and also in the health sector as well. Okay. Awesome. So that's what, that's what drives me, you know. <laughs> that's amazing. I want to find out, right, before we even go into the meat of what we're talking about today. Yeah. Was there, did you, when you started, so, you know, relationship coaching with your wife. Yeah. Did you start it together? Or was it she, did she start it or did you start it? And why I'm asking this is because, so my wife and I are both coaches, right? Yeah. We haven't come together to say we're going to do relationship coaching yet, 
but yeah. I see that in our future because we, we have those kind of conversations where we talk about, you know, parenting styles and all that. So she deals with parenting a lot and I try to, you know, help people improve their mindset. So who started it and did you, or did you guys start it together? Okay. Uh, so for me, um, I would say the relationship thing chose me um, in the sense that I had started doing this for a long time. You know, from when I was in secondary school, I had started this relationship thing. I was the kind of person my classmates and the people around would always come to me naturally to say, I like this girl. What do I do? You know, um, that was in senior secondary school. And I would naturally say, okay, just give me some time. We'll find a way or figure out a way to get her. First, for those of them who don't have, of course, you know, in, in, in secondary school, you always have people who we don't have that much confidence. There's always that shyness, you know, um, that is, that is, that always follows a, a lot of us. Except for a few people who are already bold, you know, yeah. but, um, so for some people, I'll work with them to deal with their confidence level and see how they can approach the person. For if it's a lady, I would work with them to see how they can show green lights that would help the guy recognize that, okay, this lady <laughs> likes me. And for some people, what I used to do then also would be to study the person, just give time to study the person, know where they used to go during break, know what they used to do, know what they like doing, know where they always like to sit, you know. Um, and especially for like, in, for those of them, for in secondary school, they already have permanent seats, so that's fine. You know, but for when I started going for tutorial classes in the evenings, later in the day, you find out that you can sit anywhere. Yes. Yeah. It's when you come, you sit. But there was, there were some of them who liked to sit at a particular place, especially when they come early. So we studied to find that, okay, if this person always sits here, you should try as much as you can to share a seat with this person at least for three days and see how you can build friendship and see what you can do. Wow. So, you know, that for me just came naturally. I wasn't reading it from any book or anything. It just came to me. It was just something that, you know, I just felt chose me. But then as I got into the university, I began to read and study. I found that, okay, this is something I have some natural gifting for. It's important to develop it and be more professional. So in university, I started becoming a lot more professional about it. But I didn't take it out on social media. It wasn't public. It was just a private thing. People who knew me could invite me to fellowship to speak about it, you know, so I could talk about relationships and school fellowships and university and all. But I still did not go public until six weeks to my wedding. Wow. Yeah. So I somehow, uh, there was this inner, inner instruction, you know, to just relax. Don't talk about it while you're still single. Just leave it until when you're ready to get married, you know. So, um, so for me, that's how it was. I didn't talk about it. I was like, okay, because I felt that if I started talking about relationships, I'm talking about how you know you have to treat a lady, blah blah blah. Some some people would say, ah, this guy is a nice guy. This guy yes. loves me. Yes. The traffic would be a lot, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I just chilled. I didn't talk about it. Yeah, but while I was doing that, I met my wife. Um, so I found out that she, on her own part, was also doing something like that. She was always that person that 
people would naturally come to for counseling and she could provide that sound wisdom, you know, about things like that. So, um, yeah, so when I now decided to go into it, six weeks to my wedding, um, she was then we were already engaged. So she was the one that was editing most of the, in fact, all of the things I was posting, she was the one that was editing it. So we started talking about it. And that was how, you know, we just naturally flowed into We didn't say that we we're going to start this together, but she always insisted on working on whatever it is I write or my thoughts and everything. So as we began to talk and write about it, that was how we began to have conversations, you know. So for every post, we always have conversations around it. And that was how we just naturally began to talk about it. So whenever there is a feminine perspective to things, I always ask her. You know, whenever there is a male perspective to things, we, I know I share it with her. And then when we have people that I feel I shouldn't counsel or I shouldn't spend a lot of time with, yeah. or I think this person needs a feminine perspective to this, um, this problem, I just direct them to her. You know, so that way we just naturally began to do things together. <laughs> you know, as we began to build the brand. It was just the two of it was just naturally the two of us. So we couldn't separate, you know, each other to say, okay, this is what you know we have to do. But then there were times when we had time to write write books together. There were also times when I had to write alone because my wife is not a social media social media person. So sometimes I am the one who is out there out there up front yeah so she's the one behind to always provide that support but you, my wife may post do post. my wife has not done a post in in <laughs> i think in a year plus wow you know just maybe on father's day she'll just make that post happy birthday she'll make that post those are the times she has made posts on facebook in fact in the past three years you know those are the, the anything you see on her timeline is me tagging her and then it appears on her timeline. So it's just like naturally. So, but then my wife is not a social media person. So that's why you probably will not see her out there all the time. Yeah. So, but she's behind the scene, always, always, you know, making sure that things go well and making sure that we put out the right thoughts. Sometimes I may write something and I may be even exaggerating a little bit. She will say, this is not exactly how, exactly it, how is. it is. You know, so... Um, so we provide that balance for each other, and and it's been it's been great, you know, working with her as a teammate. You wow, know, that's, to do what we do. That's amazing. As in, I'm I'm learning so much. In fact, I, you know what? Honestly, I feel like let's even the the discussion that we wanted to discuss. Let's let's you know cancel it. Let's wait. Let's just start generally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, but you know, the thing is, um, I know that definitely we'll still have more discussions because as I believe that you know. There's, there's something there and we'll explore this more. So, I, and you know, I wish you guys yeah. the best of luck and we, we also will be you you. Know, looking up to you guys as mentors and, and see how we can actually <laughs> together. So let's, let's come back to, to what we're talking about today, right? Um, you know, stress, anxiety. Yeah. Now, COVID-19 hit us, right? And it affected people in different ways. You know, um, some people were very anxious about it. Some people didn't even know how to, you know, express their anxiety, you know? What do you think are the major causes of stress and anxiety, especially in this kind of um, scenario? Yeah, um, so, you know, 
there are lots of things that can actually cause stress and anxiety this period. Um, first of all, the fact that you think that you probably may even get infected with COVID-19 itself can actually begin to cause certain stress and certain fear in you because anxiety, most of the times, in fact, 90% of the time is triggered by fear and fear is triggered by thought processes, you know, so um, for me to just think that hmm, there's a possibility that this man that sneezed around me just now may just give me COVID-19. You know, can begin to make me begin to think and begin to expand that thought and it begins to stress me out. It begins to make me feel anxious to say I may die very soon, not just even being sick. I may begin to feel some shortness of breath. I may lose my taste of smell. I may be, and if maybe my temperature is a little bit hot, I begin to say it looks like it's fever, it's COVID-19 fever. You know, so that in itself can cause, you know, stress and anxiety. Um, another thing that can cause stress and anxiety is working from home. You know, a lot of people have not done this before. They don't know yeah. home. They don't know the dynamics of working from home. It's not just about sitting on the bed and working from the bed, you know, that's the working from home, you know. So um, a lot of people are trying to figure out how to work from home they had to be forced to start using technology. For those people who are not really familiar with using technology, some organizations are coming up with new softwares, apps, platforms on how to effectively work from home. And everybody had to learn, you know, what to do. You know, trainings are coming up. So it looks like you're starting to afresh. work afresh, you know, to work in a different way. And that is stressing a lot of people because for those who are slow to learn, Time is not waiting for you. You still need to produce the same results you're producing and even more. And your supervisors are giving timelines, are giving deadlines, and you have to do this. They're assuming that as long as you've been taught or there's a training that has gone forth, you should be able to be able to do the work. So that period of trying to figure out how to use this app, use this platform, and then produce the result that you are supposed to produce can stress you out. You know, and for people who have families, who have kids, you have, your kids are at home. They are not in school. If they're in school, it would have been different. They're at home. So you have to juggle taking care of your family. For, the, for women who work, they have to take care of their husbands as well. Provide food, take care of the kids, and make sure that they don't disturb you when you're working. <laughs> you know, so kids don't understand that you're working from home. So they will always run to you, daddy, I need this, mommy, I need that. And because you're home, you're home. So you have to take care of them. So trying to balance home, balance family, balance work is a lot compared to even the work stress, you know, itself. Yeah. So a lot of people are having that anxiety. A lot of people are having those, this, um, that stress. Another thing is also the fact that people have been laid off work. So um, you've been laid off work, you don't have another source of income, you have to take care of your family. And this taking care of your family means that you have to keep stocking the house because so for some people they don't want to go out, so there's a lockdown. So they have to keep stocking the house. You have to keep spending money. So even if money is not coming, you have to keep spending money. You know, so that in itself can cost you a lot of stress. For people who have bills to pay, who have mortgages to pay, 
you know, they are scared of losing their homes, they are scared of losing their cars, you know, because their source of income has stopped and they still need to pay these mortgages. The good thing is in some countries you have, you know, organizations that have said, okay, you know what, just chill, relax, you know, for the mortgage thing until when you get a new job or until when the lockdown or the COVID-19 thing eases off. You know, so these are some things that can cause anxiety, you can cause stress. There's also this part of people who are, who have chronic diseases and they are said to be more at risk of contracting COVID-19. You know, so people who have hypertension, people who have cancer, people who have diabetes, you know, they are, these are chronic diseases and because of that, their immune system is weak. So they are called immunocompromised or immunosuppressed population. So that in itself can cause people to begin to panic because if you feel like you are part of that population that is likely to or at higher risk as compared to someone who is not at higher risk, you begin to have that panic. You begin to have stress. You, do, you wouldn't want to go to the supermarket. You wouldn't want to go out because you think and you want to take extra precaution. So that in itself can cause stress. Um, another set of people would be older people. So they said for people who are older, can also uh, at a higher risk because of their age, they are immunocompromised as well. You know, so this population can also be feeling a lot of stress or feeling anxiety. So these are some of the things that can actually cause, you know, trigger thoughts that can begin to cause that fear, begin to cause that worry, that unease, you know, that apprehension, because these are feelings, you know, that can cause anxiety. Okay, thank you. So, from what you said, right, and what I've gathered is most times stress comes from our thought process, how we are able to, the lens through which we view life. And so, exactly. so what I want to now find out is, so for example, like I like the example you use where they have to take care of their kids and then when they now want to work, the kids are coming. Mm. Now, for some people, it might be stressful the fact that the kids are coming to join them, maybe they are, if they are in, the, in a Zoom call or something. But there are some people that their kids coming, it's not stressful. I remember one, uh, there, was a, there was a video that was going viral about a guy that was on a, a national television. He was, yeah. he was being, uh, he was being uh, interviewed and his kids came running in. And, you know, yeah. as he just turned, he just continued what he was doing. He can't stress. Yeah. So, is it, is it, does it have to do with our, maybe is it certain how we are made up or is it just how we are able to reframe our mind? What do you think? Yeah, so it, it has, um, so first, let me start with the fact that um, for stress could, would not necessarily be the kids coming, you know, to when you're working and all of that. Um, it, it could just be the fact that you are doing a lot and it's accumulating over a period mm. of time. You know, so at the beginning, you may be excited that you have your kids with you at home. You have to, you need to, you have to spend more time with them and all of that. But when there's a work piling and then you have to take care of the kids, as against before, you can take them to school and between 8, p, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. or so, or till when you come back from work, there's probably the teachers that will take care of them, or you take them to a daycare. There are people who will take care of them. When you get home, there's a, a house help who will take care of them until you come back in the evening. 
So you just literally have to just focus on work alone. But even though you still have to watch, you know, call them to know how they're doing and all of that. But you're focusing on work. So when you come back, it's just to deal with dinner and deal with their homework and you're fine. Deal with your spouse and you're okay. But this time around, you're doing breakfast, you're doing lunch, you're doing dinner. <laughs> you know, you're doing bathing them, you know, you're doing every single thing. So, and then the work pressure is there. So sometimes it's about, you know, the accumulation. First one month may be great, but second month, third month, fourth month, you begin to feel that there is an accumulation. And if you don't find ways of consistently easing off those stress, you don't find ways of consistently ensuring that the anxiety is not there, you're reducing it. Once it keeps accumulating and building up, it begins to affect every other area of your life. It begins to affect how you deal with work, how you deal with your kids, begin to bring problems in your relationship. And you now begin to now see that, okay, it looks like this is a lot. You know, so looking at it from that perspective, you may be excited at the beginning, but if you don't have ways, for some people, they are not conscious of the fact that they are actually easing up the stress, but somehow they are doing things that are helping them ease up the stress. So um, that's one of the ways to look at it. And then another way could be that um, these people have been able to figure out how to balance, balance it. You know, so they've been able to figure out, you know what, husband or wife, this is what you can do. Let me bathe the kids while you prepare food. Um, so when you do that, we have, to, we have been able to, you know, break down the work. So in the afternoon, please try and put them to sleep. Or let's have schedule different working hours, especially for the times when we don't have calls, specific times for calls or work calls, because everybody now is doing work calls, checking yeah. in and all of that and meetings. So for the times when you don't have work calls, you can take care of the kids. Make sure they have their now. You know, that way. And then if we create an office space, we can have do not enter or you lock the door. You know, that kind of thing. So somehow people have been able to figure out how to go about easing up the stress, working together as a team, and ensuring that they just gradually, gradually see how they can ensure that they are not totally stressed. You know, so um, that's one thing. Another thing is the mindset, the way people think. Um, people see things differently. Like you said, the lens through which we see things affect a lot of things. You know, so when you ask, when you have a lot of work stress or you have timeline, for some people, they begin to panic. Hmm. Oh, this timeline, I don't want to fail my boss. I don't want to, you know, send something that will make me feel incompetent. Already they are building pressure and stress around themselves. But then there are some people who think that, okay, this is work. I have to give my best, but then I'll take it easy. I'll take it slow. I'll work the way I need to work, do all my research, and I'll give the best. And I don't have to bother about what the other person thinks. You know, because there are some people who have what you call society um, anxiety disorder. They think about, they begin to worry or have anxiety about what other people think, how the society will judge them, how other people will judge them. You know, so that's a, an aspect or a type of anxiety disorder that people, would, you know, people naturally would have. You know, so if, if that you are that, that, that kind of person, it means that you probably will begin to think, okay, how my boss see this work and all of that. So people begin to stress themselves even when they are not supposed to. 
So that way, it begins to affect them. You know, and then and there are people who, they just have a good sense of humor. They see life from a Jeje. very simple JJ perspective. They are not stressed. They are calm. You know, they just know that they're going to deliver on this job. It's okay. We are fine. We'll just do our best. You know, so if there is a situation, they have a way of seeing it from a humorous perspective. They laugh about it. They smile about it. It makes life easy for them. They just keep going. You know, so it also boils down to to the way of thinking, the way, the lens through which you see life, see events, see circumstances, see people. You know, so if you have that perspective, a perspective that sees things positively, that is optimistic about issues, then there's that likelihood that you would rise above certain levels or certain triggers of stress and you'll be fine. You know, but then if you have that pessimistic perspective, you have that negative way of seeing things, you're not happy about things, you're not smiling, you're not seeing a humor part of things, it would also contribute to the stress level. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And you know, when you were talking, I remember two incidences that happened during this lockdown. Uh, so the first one was, I always go, I always love running in the morning. That's my own way of distressing myself. But then I realized that every morning when I wake up to go running, one of the twins will be awake. And once one of them is awake, my wife will be like, no, please, can you just stay and just, you know, help out? And so first day I didn't run. Second day, you know, like a week, I was like, ah, this thing was beginning to agitate me. So I said, you know what? Instead of going out for a run, what? let me do something. So I'll, the one that is awake, I'll carry that one. Go to, just go outside my house, just in my compound, and I'll just be pacing from one end of the wall to the other. And I'll have my phone and I'll put it on, you know, the Nike running app. And I, I noticed that, you know, first day I was able to do two kilometers of pacing in 30 minutes. I was like, okay, you know what? This is, this can just become my new normal. Here's yeah. the funny thing. I came back to Abuja yesterday, right? Yeah. And so my wife now sent me a message this morning and she says that, look, one of the things we woke up this morning, I was saying, Abba, Abba, Abba. <laughs> she was like, look, your dad is not here. There's no work for you. I'm not, <laughs> I don't have that energy, you know? Yeah. And so I, I, I realized that, okay, so when I was able to reframe my mind, you know, I was able to now, you know, not be too stressed. But here's yeah. the thing. What if you don't know you are stressed? Mm. I think there are people that don't even know that they are stressed. They just, so how can you identify if you are stressed? What are the quick ways that we can quickly understand that we are stressed? Yeah, so um, there are a couple of things. Sorry, just one minute. Sure. Yeah, so there are a couple of things that, you know, you can use to identify that you're stressed. First of all, I think the first thing would be for people to be self-aware, mm. you know, and that's actually why a lot of people do not know that they are stressed because they are not self-aware. They are not in tune or in line with the way they think or with their thought process. And they're not in tune with how they feel. You know, so because they are not at that place where they can actually identify their thinking or their thought pattern at that point or how they feel, they don't know that they are stressed. They are always active. There's no time to just stay still, yeah. to just keep calm and just think and breathe and just 
be aware of yourself and your environment and your body. So um, stress is just the body's natural response, you know, or anxiety is the body's natural response to stress. So you begin to feel anxious because your body is just naturally responding to accumulated stress. So, and it can come with tiredness. It can come with easy irritation. It can come with some level of fear, you know, some level of anxiousness, some level of um, nervousness, unease, you know, um, worry, you know. So these are some things that, you know, come along with that feeling. So when my body is tired, when my body is feeling so fatigued, when I'm feeling pains all over my body, you know, when I'm feeling like I'm unease, I'm restless, you know, sometimes even the way I breathe is not, I'm not breathing well because I'm always active and, you know, high spirit. So there's that increase in breathing. And sometimes I even feel like I'm, you know, I feel some panic at some point. My heart rate is increasing at some, you know, at different times. I sometimes feel night, have nightmares. Mm -hmm. You know, my thought process is not, is not peaceful. You know, I'm just having that sometimes it's even some level of pain, painful thoughts, you know. So it, it boils down to just having to sit down and just breathe and begin to just be in line with how I feel. I begin to ask myself, how do I feel? Not just, okay, my body is aching, I feel tired, I just carry paracetamol and drink. And then I start up tomorrow morning, you know, because I took a painkiller, I feel a little bit better. I think I'm okay. You know, but stress is a mental, more of a mental thing that reflects on the body. So that's why the thought process is important. That's why the way your mind works is important. So you have to just calm down, think, breathe, and begin to ask yourself, how do I feel? How do I, you know, there was this course that I did. Um, it was also um, a course I did while I was in the U.S. Is it was called, is a mind, it's called mindfulness. You know, so um, I just had to do it to become a mindfulness coach. But I just think it's just part of the tools I need yeah. for my relationship things. I wouldn't want to call myself a mindfulness coach you know, in that yeah. sense. So, um, but I just did the course to be able to help me, you know, still work with the mental health thing and see how I can help people. So it's just to be able to align your spirit, your soul, and your body, you know, to come to that place of self-awareness, to come to that place of, understanding how exactly you think and how you're feeling for time you know so if at the end of every day you just calm down and you begin to ask yourself how do i feel so you begin to see if you're actually feeling fear if you're feeling anxious if you're feeling worry if you're having some level of unease or nervousness around you you know that way you can begin or you're having that panic or something or your body is tired you're feeling you know weak or fatigue or something or pain you know, or headache, you know. So those are things that can point to the fact that it looks like you're stressed and you need to do something about it. Thank you. And I also, I think to add to that, I think, because this happened to me, if you are wandering through life mindlessly, it might be an indication of stress. Something happened um, during this COVID lockdown, right? I noticed that every night, when everybody has gone to bed, I'll sit down in front of the TV, play the TV, and I'm just watching. And I'm not normally a movie person, right? Yeah. Like on TV, but you know, I, I love, love going to the cine, cinema and all that. But I'll just be watching. 
And it's movies that I've watched before. So one day my wife now asked me, why do you always stay late watching movies? Yeah. I was like, I don't know. But then I thought about it. I was like, wait, I think that because everything is out of my control, yeah. I'm trying to create a space where I can control, at least let me be able to control one thing in my life. Because yeah. I can't control the times I have my meetings because they are, they are set up by, you know, my bosses and all that. I can't control when the babies wake up because they wake up whenever they feel like. I can't control when they will cry. I can't control anything, right? So I'm like, so I now started thinking to myself that, okay, this is my own way of just, let me have two hours that I know that is me that controlled it. So the final question I'll ask, and you know, where we wrap up so that we don't take too much of your time is. Yeah, sorry. Let me just um, make a few okay. comments yeah. based on that stress part um, that you just talk, we just talked about. You know, when stress begins to happen on the body, it begins to reduce the immune system. It begins to weaken the immune system. Mm. Um, because it begins to weaken the immune system, it makes you prone to diseases. Mm. You know, so for some people who are stressed, you know, they begin to have those aches and pains, which are actually normal. You know, sometimes diarrhea will come in, constipation will come mm. in, nausea will come in dizziness will come in, chest pain, you know, um, rapid heart rate will come in, um, loss of appetite sometimes, loss of sex drive. You know, you find out that some people, once they do all the stress for the whole day and then they come back and land on the bed, they just want to sleep. If you're talking about sex, they don't, they're not interested in it. You know, so a lot of stress, and that's why in marriages, stress is one major problem because it begins to cause it begins to affect your sex drive. It begins to make you emotionally irrational, you know, and it begins to affect how you relate with your spouse. Sometimes it could be, you know, that frequent cold or flu that will just begin to come. So sometimes it's to begin to look at these things and say, okay, it looks like this whole consistent cold, flu, headache, pain, blah, blah, blah. There's a result of the fact that it looks like my immune system it's been affected. Yeah. It is getting weak. And it's, so I need to work on that. You know, and also some emotional and, you know, psychological symptoms or things that are related to stress. You could look at depression and anxiety. These are things that come with stress. You know, you feeling overwhelmed, you know, um, just overwhelmed, unmotivated, unfocused, like you said, wandering around, you know. So these are some things that you can look, begin to look at. It's okay. It looks like psychologically and emotionally, these are some signs that are tied to me being stressed. You know, your troubles, have, you have having trouble sleeping. You know, you just cannot sleep well. Unlike other people, they just go to bed and sleep, or you, you can't sleep, you're restless. You know, um, you're having problems trying to concentrate. You know, that memory loss is there. So those are things I would begin. So you, someone, someone is asking you, where did you keep this thing? I said, ah, wait, 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 wait. I can't wait. even remember. Yeah. You know, um, maybe your spouse had told you, babe, would you please try and, you know, throw away the trash? So, okay, babe, I'll do that. And then you forget. You know, you say, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what happened. I just feel overwhelmed. And I just somehow just, just didn't remember. You know, sometimes it could just make you begin to make bad decisions. You just begin to even respond irrationally to your spouse and everything. When you begin to have those tension, mm. you know that, okay, stressed so you need to just take a look at it and see how you can sort out that problem okay yeah, that so was what i wanted to add to 
All right, thank you. This what you just added is pure gold, right? So to to wrap it up, we, we you know we've talked about how we can identify stress. Now, what can we do to either overcome it when we when we've already allowed already allowed the stress to come in, and also what can we do to avoid it? Okay, so um, also looking at the this COVID nineteen period is a period where a lot of things are, you know, trigger stress and trigger anxiety. But it's important that we need to do, we need to be deliberate about reducing our stress level, reducing our anxiety level. And would be to make sure that you seek for help if you think that you need help. Mm. A lot of people do not see the place of a therapist. A lot of people do not see the place of a mental health practitioner or something. So, you know, but it's important that if you think that you're really overwhelmed, because a lot of times what a therapist or what a mental health practitioner would do for you would direct you back to that original state where you need to be. And what they do is that they help, they help you go through the process, not just tell you do this, do that, do this, but help you identify the cause and see how they can work with you to reduce that level of stress and avoid those things that trigger it. So it's important that um, if you need to see a therapist, especially for people who have, who it has become a disorder for, you know, you begin to have this anxiety and stress for over six months, you know, mm -hmm. and it's there and it's affecting every other thing that has to do with your life and all of that. It's affecting your relationships, it's affecting your career, your job. You need to see a therapist and you need to see someone who can, you can talk to that would help you to you know rise above it and come out of it um the next thing would be to exercise regular exercise is very important exercise helps to build your immune system exercise helps to reduce your stress level so it's important that people begin to take exercise very very seriously you know um in this part of the world there are just very few people who actually really do take exercise seriously you know things as simple as taking a walk you don't have to do the heavy liftings, you know, mm. if you, you don't have to do 150 push-ups a day, unlike you guys that would do so many, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but for, for people who are just starting, you know, um, just a few push-ups are fine. It helps to increase your heart rate, you know, try as much as you can to take walks, just go on the internet. There are apps that would help you do simple exercise, you know, so start from there. And then for those who do heavy liftings, do heavy liftings, um, it just helps you. It, 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 apart from the fact that it helps to build your immune system, it helps even when you are old because it helps to build a strong body frame. When you are 70, 80, 90, you're not bending because okay, you have a already... muscular body frame. You have, you've already built you know, a skeletal system that is straight and not just something that is bent. So it's important for people to understand that. Um, the third thing would be to practice breathing exercises and also practicing mindfulness. You know, that's really very critical. Breathing exercise, just take time, sit on your own, have a quiet place. You can be playing, you know, very nice meditative music, but then you're breathing in and out. As you're breathing in and out, you're focusing on your breathing. You know, you're not trying to think of anything. At the beginning, you may be distracted, but if you give it time, begin to think of, you know, just focus on your breathing. You begin to feel yourself and feel 
you know, how you breathe and the rhythm of your breath and everything. And you can just sit down there and begin to have a positive mental meditation, you know, and just begin to focus on the right things and begin to think of the right things. That way it helps you relieve stress. You find out that your body stress level, how your pressure will just begin to come down. If you begin to do that regularly every day as a practice, it helps to reduce, you know, your stress level. And right now, people are getting unemployed. People are, in fact, at the beginning of the COVID-19, I always, always go to my app to check the statistics, you know. Um, <laughs> and that in itself is stressful. Yeah. You watch CNN, CNN begins to give you regular, and you know with CNN, they will give you the same news over and over, over, and, over and over, over and over until it becomes a part of your subconscious mind. And that's where they are driving at. When they begin to give you images and give you pictures and give you news that gets to settle your subconscious mind, you will begin to think it when you're not thinking it. Wow. So it goes to your subconscious mind. It begins to become a part of, of your programming. Your, your programming. So it's no longer something that you are consciously thinking about, but something you are not consciously thinking about. So it begins to form your belief, your values, because they are thoughts that have been established in your mind. Because they are thoughts that have been established in your mind, they begin to determine how your body naturally responds to things. So stress and fear begins to become part of the programming. Because you're thinking the number is increasing. Like when I was in the US, it's like 2 million. In Nigeria, it's like 20-something thousand. You know, the number of deaths is increasing. You're saying, okay, wow, 2 million people. In the state where you are, it's about 120,000 people. You're like, there's a possibility that the next person, my neighbor, in fact, my neighbor upstairs had COVID-19. Just my neighbor upstairs. So it's real. I I know of, you know, a senior friend who had COVID-19. You know, she called and she was saying, just pray for me. Every day I will call to find out how she was doing. So this thing is real. <laughs> it's not like it's, you know, so when you have those kind of things and you're watching the news every day, they're bombarding you with all this information. There are apps that give you live, you know, okay. um, st- statistics and updates. You can begin to feel stressed about it. So stay away from the news. For me right now, I don't go looking for the numbers, except I have maybe a speaking session like this, or I have to write something. I just go and research to find out what it is, what is current, you know, and then I can put it out there. So for me, it's important that you reduce that level of information that you keep having in your mind. Um, Reduce how much you spend in public places. That's really very critical because that in itself would reduce the level of worry and anxiety you have. To begin to think that, okay, this person I touched, this person that coughed, this person that sneezed, this person that came close to me, this person that was talking loud and talking on my face, you know, we probably have COVID-19. So I have to wait for another 14 days to be sure that I don't develop symptoms. You know, that in itself, that next 14 days would probably increase your level of anxiety and your level of stress because you're thinking, man, I may have been exposed one way or the other. So avoid going to public places, avoid going to, even if, yes, church is a place where, you know, we, for this period, we need the church or we need the mosque. We need a faith-based organizations to help strengthen our faith and help us, you know, just stay strong this period. But then at the same time, 
You don't want to expose yourself. So mm -hmm. if you think that going to church would jeopardize your chances or, or increase your chances of getting COVID-19, please stay at home. You know, so it's important that you limit the level of the places that you go to. And then um, working from home, people are still struggling. So if you need to get to do a course, you need to reach out to someone to help you, you know, to be able to be conversant with all you need to be more effective. That will reduce the stress level that is accumulating, you know, for you. And that way, um, you'll, be, you'll be fine. And then also try to talk to someone, talk to friends, call friends. If you feel that um, there's a need for you to talk to somebody, try to call your friends, call family, call somebody, call a coach, call a mentor, just talk. Sometimes what we need is just to talk and ease off that stress and say, this is how I feel. I don't know what's going on. I just think I, I'm overwhelmed and I just need to talk to someone. Sometimes only talking. They don't need to advise you. They just need to hear you and you'll feel better. You know, so those are some things that one can actually do to reduce that level of stress and anxiety this period. All right, thank you very much. I mean, you've really blessed us with your time and your words of wisdom. So just, you know, before we, we, we go, how can people reach out to you? So, you know, um, if people want to connect with you, because I'm sure after anybody after listening to this would definitely want to follow your body of work and also maybe even get some of your books. So how can they connect with you? Okay, so you can connect with me. Right now, I'm restructuring my website, okay. um, 24caratsmarriage.org. So um, very soon it would, it would come up. But then you can reach me on social media, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Chris Inspire, at Chris Inspire. So um, Facebook would be facebook.com slash backward slash Chris Inspire. Chris you inspire. look for me and say, yeah. Uh, my name on social media is Chris Chukunyere, and that's what is showing on my okay. uh, my Zoom, um, Chris Chukunyere. So if you also type that, you're going to see me on Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter. You know, but then the, the, um, the handle is at Chris Inspire. Um, if you go to Amazon, you can see my books. Just type my name, Chris Chukunyere. Um, you see my book. You type my name on Google. You probably will see some of them as well on Amazon. You know, so um, yeah, that's a way to to connect with me. I'm always always open to making new friends, meeting new people, helping as many people as I can. All right, thank you very much. We really appreciate it, and we really look forward to you know you coming back and really going deep into you know the relationship aspect of it i mean it's like yeah. we have so much to talk about so i There's know that definitely yeah <laughs> i know that definitely you still come back some other day you know yeah. for us to talk so thank yeah. you very much and thank you, my do brother. take care